Hi, I'm Emily with the Limitless Female Podcast. You are listening to episode 90, Food Thoughts. Woman, welcome. If you're a mama who is feeling all the feels of motherhood, the ups and downs of hormones, and maybe even depression, then you are in the right place. Limitless Female is your confident inner voice, helping you master your mood and create the epic life that calls you. My goal is to show you just how enough you are so you can show up limitless in your own life. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for showing up. I'm really excited about what I have for you today. Um, before I get started, I wanted to say how excited I am to get going with our coaching genomics experience. It starts this June 8th. If you missed it, don't worry. I have a lot of amazing things coming for you guys. Um, but this project particularly really hits all the root causes of our mood of depression, um, which is all intermingled with our physical health as well. A lot of the systems in our body that show symptoms like chronic pain and autoimmune issues are also the reason that we're struggling with depression. Depression is really closely related to inflammation. So um, this project of mine has really become my most favorite and all-encompassing way to help you guys master your mood and overcome your depression and your anxiety um, from all where we're hitting all areas, right? We're treating all the root causes instead of just the symptom of sadness. And it really is the epitome of the emotional health movement I'm trying to, to offer to you guys. So I'm really, really excited about it. Um, before we get going, I also want to read a review. This one comes from Lissare 2511, and it's titled exactly what the world needs. Um, they said, Emily, I'm so glad I found your podcast exclamation point. The emotional diet podcast you recently shared resonated with me in such a way that I've shared it with many others in my life. If we could all work on keeping our emotions in check, the world would be a better place. Thank you. Oh, awesome. I'm so glad. You know, you guys, I never quite know what topics are going to be the ones. Um, but I assume that a lot of the things that I experience, you guys experience too, that someone else out there does. And it turns out there's a lot of us. Okay. There's a lot of us that want help with managing our emotions and one of the ways we can do that is by managing our intake, which is what the emotional um, diet podcast is about. That episode is all about the stuff we take in and how it affects our mood and how we can limit some of those things. And then it makes it easier for us to manage our mind around the things in our life. So you guys, even though we can manage our mind around any circumstance, doesn't mean that we have to, right? Even though we can't change other people and we can't change the world around us. It doesn't mean that we have to be around every person and we have to be completely submerged in the world around us because we can only do so much managing of our mind, right? So it's all right to change circumstances in our life, knowing that we still have to do the work to manage our mind. There will still be negative emotion that comes up because of other things, but you don't have to manage your mind around every circumstance. You get to choose. Okay. You guys get to choose what circumstances you keep in your life. So that's what that podcast is about. 
But today we are talking about food thoughts, okay? Another type of diet. We're still not talking about food um, and we're not talking about emotional input. We're talking about food thoughts, okay? A food thought is when we have something that starts in the brain, okay? A thought and it's something like, I really want this cookie or I wonder if I could get away with eating that brownie or I deserve that pudding or it's not a really big deal to eat a bite of my child's mac and cheese. Okay. These are just food thoughts. They're not good or bad. They're just thoughts. Okay. Except for because they start in the brain and not in the body, they are an emotion and not a sensation. They create an emotion of hunger and not the real sensation of hunger. So a lot of us get tripped up by this idea that a food thought means we need to eat, right? Just like how we have to manage our mind around what we think about ourselves, we can't just believe everything our brain tells us about us, right? We have to choose that intentionally. The same thing goes with our thoughts about food. Just because it's your body telling you, I need to eat, If it starts with a thought, it is creating an emotion of hunger and not the sensation of hunger. Okay. And so food thoughts, managing our food thoughts is a really neat and important way that we can eat more intuitively, right? I'm not a big fan of total intuitive eating because I don't think most of our bodies are set up for intuitive eating but I am a fan of supporting your body so you can continue to be more and more intuitive. But if we all just started being intuitive eaters right where we're at, we would run into some issues, okay? We would run into food thoughts that our brain is really well-practiced at thinking and believing, okay? Um, Even food thoughts can start as a food thought and become a belief, like I have to eat six times a day. If this becomes a belief, Then when we decide to, you know, go camping or we decide to just do three meals a day because we heard it's on different podcasts and we think this is going to be the way I'm going to eat. And we decide we're going to go all in and we're going to eat three times a day. This little stinky thought's going to come up and it's going to say, but you know, remember, maybe you should be eating six times a day, right? This is a food thought. And then maybe you start to get, feel some hunger, that can start with a thought and it's the emotion of hunger or desire. It is not the actual, um, sensation of hunger. Okay. So there is an evolution of a food thought. A food thought starts with something very small, like, Hmm, like, I wonder if it's a big deal if I have a bite of my child's mac and cheese. Okay. It's like a suggestion. It's a very light suggestion. And we're always going to have those suggestions. I like that our brain does this, right? Because it offers us ideas without us having to think about it, right? Like, okay, brain, can you offer me some ideas? It's like our brain all day is going to offer you all kinds of solutions and ideas and problems to solve, which makes you such an evolved and amazing human. Okay. So all of our food thoughts start with this idea of a suggestion, Okay. But not all food thoughts are thoughts we want to entertain. Like I said, it doesn't necessarily mean you are hungry. So if we entertain that food thought, the 
that suggestion, the food thought evolves into, I really, really want that mac and cheese. Oh my gosh. Just, there's nothing better than mac and cheese. You guys, this is not really my thing. I would say a couple summer summers ago, I always heard myself saying, I, there's nothing better than a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> when I was trying to eat healthy, it was like, there was nothing better when I'm making that sandwich. I just want to devour it, you know? So my brain would start with like, just have a spoonful of peanut butter with jelly on it and no bread. Okay. My, my brain offers me a lot of like ways to adjust it a little bit, right? Just have this, even though it's not on your 24 hour protocol that you wrote, just have a spoonful. Okay. It's a suggestion. We like suggestions from our brain, but then it evolves into this food thought. Like you can totally have it. It's not a big deal. And you can have another one too. As long as you're not eating the bread and, and peanut butter is actually good for you. Okay. This is my food thought. The next part, our food thought evolves into a plan. Okay. So if we entertain it too long, our food thought turns into a full blown plan. It takes root. It's like we have gotten the spoon out. We have finished making our kids sandwiches and we're like, I'm going to mix the peanut butter and the jelly and I'm not going to eat the bread. And then I'm also going to, you know, eat less dinner tonight because of it. We've turned it, we've created this whole plan. And this is really the core of diet mentality is we adjust what we would do on a daily basis to account for reacting to these food thoughts. This is what a lot of us do in order to like maintain our health. Right. And so this is why entertaining a food thought often leads to this like diet mentality thing where we're not doing things we could sustain long-term. Okay. So food thought starts suggestion becomes a solid want or desire. And then if we entertain it long enough, it becomes this, um, it takes root and it becomes a plan. And at that point, you guys, you can still pull it back, but it is so much harder. Okay. So one of the ways that we can combat a food thought is we can stop giving into it. Okay. And I have to say that a food thought is only something that you don't want to give into if you know what you want to eat. I'm not saying that you have to have a food protocol. I'm not saying you have to write down your food the night before, but I know most people are struggling with their weight. And most people are thinking about some way they, that they feel like is the most effective way to eat for them, even just to eat, to feel good, right? Whether that's eating six times a day, three times a day, no snacking, cutting out a food, adding in a food, you know, eating an anti-inflammatory diet, you know, wanting to eat smaller portions or wanting to eat bigger portions, but only a few times a day, people have a plan for the way they want to eat generally. And if you don't, maybe this podcast isn't for you. Okay. But one of the best ways that we can manage our food thoughts or the chatter that comes up is by number one, deciding what those hard lines are, right? Just picking a few. What are those behavioral goals? Because often we know what weight we want to be, okay? Or we know what macro we want to hit, but we haven't created behavioral supports, right? Or hard lines in the sand that will help us do that. For example, eating only in exactly what you write down in a food log. 
okay? That would be like a supportive behavior or drinking three gallons of water. I don't, I don't know how much that is. Maybe that's like ridiculously high. <laughs> that would be a supportive behavioral um, activity, right? That would support you in not eating when you're thirsty, really taking care of that thirst. Um, cutting out flour and sugar, that would be a supportive behavioral goal. And you can pick what those are, right? Making your meal plan the night before or a week before or prepping your food ahead of time. Those are all behavioral supports. And we have to have those in place because like I've said in other podcasts, how can we quiet the chatter when we don't know what thoughts are chatter and what thoughts are useful? Like we don't have anything to compare it against. So if I have hard lines in the sand and my brain says, Ooh, like we could have peanut butter, but one of my hard lines is to not eat anything that I did not write down and plan on beforehand. Then I know right away that it's chatter, right? We have to know what food thoughts are productive and what are not. Okay. So right away I'm like, Oh, this is the chatter. This is a food thought. Okay. So one of the tools that I found really useful that I sent out in my weekly email this week was calling it a food thought. So instead of saying, oh my gosh, I want the peanut butter jelly sandwich so bad. Let's say, oh, that's a food thought. Because what it does is it separates you from these lower brain thoughts. And all of a sudden you have some leverage over it right? It's like, I'm over here, powerful and strong and in control of my decisions and my life. And then I'm having this thought that I really want the sandwich and that I'll die if I don't get it. Okay. So it separates you and gives you that leverage. Now, the reason we don't want to give in is because this idea resistance to extinction with intermittent rewards. Okay. I learned this from a book that I am reading right now called Bright Line Eating. It's fabulous. I think it pairs coaching really, really well with, um, with eating healthy, especially for people who feel like they are exhibiting tendencies of addiction to food. Okay. Which I felt like, oh, can I say that out loud? Like addiction to chocolate, like feeling this compulsion, right? And thinking, it's just why I don't think it, I can do it in moderation. Moderation did not seem like an effective way for me to eat healthy. So I was really drawn towards this book, Bright Line Eating. And she talks about this thing, like I said before, resistance to extinction through intermittent reward. So in layman's terms, it means that we cannot extinct a, a thought loop. Okay. A food thought. If we continue to reward it intermittently, like just now and again. Okay. If you guys think about somebody on a slot machine, they pull it over and over, but it gives them this intermittent reward. Like it gives them just like 50 cents or $2, like every, you know, 25 pulls or something. And so the addiction comes in because their brain tells them, we can win, like winning is inevitable. And so they just keep pulling that and putting money into the slot machine. Our brain is the same way. If we are trying to extinguish a food thought, OK, 
Okay. A, a, which eventually remember will turn into a desire, but we keep rewarding the desire with food just now and again, right? What happens is your brain will keep offering that food thought because it thinks, well, every about 25 times she's going to give me that food. And the dopamine hit I get from that food is the reward telling me, yes, this food thought is really useful for us to stay alive because we get a reward. Dopamine means we're living. This is what the primitive brain tells us, you guys. So this is a call for all of you to consider that just one bite might not be the method for you. For some of you, it might be, but moderation for a lot of you will take away your chances of extinguishing a particular food thought or particular desire you have for a certain type of food or food at a certain time of day. Okay. Um, an example of this, which I think about trying to get my babies to go to sleep at night. Um, and I followed the method baby wise when my first was little, but I remember letting him cry it out a little bit. I don't remember. He was like probably 12 weeks old and letting him cry it out so that he could sleep through the night. And I would set a timer like 15 minutes, you know, or the first night, I think it was the second night. I think I did 45 minutes. I was going to go in and check on him after he was crying for 45 minutes. And I remember at 20 minutes and 30 minutes and 35 minutes and 36 minutes wanting so badly to go in. Okay. But the one thing that kept me from going in to my little Boston's bed and scooping him up and hugging him was thinking about all the tears and crying I will waste by picking him up and making him restart the process. Okay. So when you entertain a food thought, you are wasting all the energy and time you have spent, uh, getting rid of that food thought, ignoring that food thought, um, not responding to that food thought, all that hard work you've done will be erased the second that you entertain that food thought again, right? Your brain's like, yep, it works. Let's keep offering this food thought. We get dopamine and we're going to be alive a little bit longer, right? So that's one thing that really helps me not respond to a particular food thought that I'm not interested in responding to like nighttime eating. Okay. Um, another story I really love that helps me understand my brain and the reward loop. Okay. is being in the grocery store with our kids. Okay. And maybe a lot of you don't relate to this anymore because isn't it amazing that we can do grocery pickup? Like hallelujah, you guys, I take my kids in every once in a while and I'm like, oh my gosh, it is so amazing that we have grocery pickup because it is a lot of saying no, like no, no, no to my kids, but also to me, it's like, no, that's not on our list. That's not on our list because it's too many no's. I don't have that much willpower, right? So if I say yes to my kids, about a toy in the grocery store. Next time, do you think they're going to ask me for a toy in the grocery store? Yes. Right. Um, and so when we intermittently feed these food thoughts with a reward, we are unable to extinct the food thought. That's the idea of this theory. Okay. I also want to add that not only do we need to 
kind of stop answering the food thoughts. But we can also stop answering the sensation of hunger. So even when it doesn't start in our head, but starts with the hormone of ghrelin, which is your hunger hormone, okay? I want you to know that you don't have to answer that sensation or that um, sensation either, okay? Because ghrelin, even though it's a hormone made by your body to tell you that it is time to eat, your hormones are very disrupted by things like insulin, dopamine, and just habitual eating. So if you eat every single day at 9 p.m. right before you go to bed, then your body is going to continually produce ghrelin to tell you it's time to eat at 9 p.m. Now, this is not because you need food to survive at 9 p.m. It's because traditionally you've eaten at 9 p.m. So the same thing goes for regulating this hormone of ghrelin. The more we do not reward this hormone that tells you it's time to eat, your body will stop producing ghrelin at that time of night. So there is this space where we have to be willing to feel discomfort in order to extinguish a food thought or to reduce the amount of ghrelin that's offered to us when our body doesn't actually need food. And if you're worried, if you don't struggle with anorexia or any other eating disorder, okay, but you're worried that, oh my gosh, if I don't listen to my body, what if I don't eat enough? I promise you, you have enough fuel on your body, most likely, okay? You will be okay. So if you have a plan to eat and you feel like it's a pretty nutritious plan, and then you have hunger come up, whether it's a sensation or an emotion from your thoughts, not responding to it will be just fine. I promise you guys, you'll be okay. You can trust yourself. You can trust your higher brain, which made a judgment the night before when it created your food plan. You can trust your higher brain, which created these supportive behaviors um, from a place of knowledge, understanding, forethought, um, and considering your goals. Your higher brain does that when it plans in advance. And so we don't have to take a food suggestion as an emergency that we have to eat. I want you guys to think of hunger as a suggestion, not a all out demand. Okay. When you're, when you feel hungry, I want you to know it's just a suggestion. And usually when you don't answer that suggestion, it's not that you have to not answer it, you know, for weeks and you're going to be tortured. You only have to not respond to a food thought or hunger for five to seven minutes, and then it dissipates. It might offer itself up back again in an hour and a half. And if it's time to eat, then go for it, right? But just know it's not going to be awful while you're waiting to extinguish this particular food thought or this particular time of hunger. You will only have to endure it for a few minutes, okay? So I hope this was helpful when you guys think about hunger as a sensation and an emotion, and it gave you a few tools like separating your desire from the food thought just by calling it what it is, a food thought, okay? And that you guys can take a 
hunger or food thought as just a suggestion and not a health or physical need that your body has. If you guys want more help with this, I can help you with it. Depression and anxiety and our mood is so tangled up in our weight, it's unbelievable, okay? Because also it's really hard to eat healthy and to create behaviors that support our our hunger cues when we are feeling depressed. And so I can help you with that too. And also sometimes when we're feeling overweight or like we can't control our eating, it creates depression. So it's all wrapped up together in a nice little present and I'm going to help you with that. So get on my calendar. There are not very many spots. I think maybe one or two next week, Um, but I would love to coach you one-on-one. So if you want help, go ahead and grab a spot in the link below. I'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. If you have questions about anything you've learned here on the podcast or want help with something going on in your own life, hop on a free coaching call with me. In just 30 minutes, you'll have real tools for your unique situation. Go to limitlessfemalecoaching.com forward slash work with me, or you can find a link in the show notes below. Spots are limited, so grab one before you miss it.